An article in the Wall Street Journal says U.S. troops have been deployed in Taiwan for a year, secretly training local forces. The report has stirred up international discussion on Taiwan. The U.S. Department of Defense declined to comment on the report, but stated that U.S. commitments to Taiwan remain unchanged. Taiwan's military of national defense, meanwhile, did not confirm or deny the report. Let's hear from the deputy minister. Cross-strait relations are very tense right now. Everyone knows that. As for issues of international cooperation, we will not be offering comment as in previous occasions. Foreign reports say that we have friends in Taiwan doing things. They are welcome to do so. The report says the U.S. presence in Taiwan is limited to a special operations unit and a contingent of the U.S. Marines. According to a military analyst, the U.S. forces would be useful in training Taiwan's military in asymmetric warfare as China ramps up its military pressure on Taiwan. The news that U.S. units are training troops in Taiwan could further signal to deter Beijing from taking military action on Taiwan. Former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott delivered a keynote speech at the Yushan Forum on Friday. The former PM said the U.S. and Australia should not just stand idly by as China ramps up its intimidation of Taiwan. He also said there was no issue more pressing than solidarity with Taiwan. Meanwhile, the head of the French Senate's Taiwan Friendship Group, Alain Richard, sat with Taiwan's legislative speaker. During the meeting, he said visiting Taiwan was a matter of course as both countries shared a lasting friendship. Nothing is more pressing right now than solidarity with Taiwan. If we want a better world, hence my enthusiastic presence here today to stand with this island that's brave and free. Former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott delivered a keynote at the fifth annual Yushan Forum. The former PM said China was becoming increasingly belligerent against Taiwan, adding that the US and Australia could not just sit idle. He also voiced support for Taiwan's bid to join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. I don't believe America could stand by and watch China swallowed up. I don't believe Australia should be indifferent to the fate of a fellow democracy of almost 25 million people. Collaboration is still possible and trust could yet be rebuilt. But Taiwan will be the test. For the democratic world, that means a readiness to support this fellow democracy, including by welcoming Taiwan into the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Abbott said he did not want war in the Taiwan Strait and argued that the best way forward was to clearly show Beijing that Taiwan has friends. Also visiting Taiwan at present is Alain Richard, a French politician who heads the French Senate's Taiwan Friendship Group. Richard on Friday met with Legislative Yuan Speaker Yoshi Kun. Speaking on Beijing's objections to his visit, he said the French-Taiwan relationship was characterized by long-term camaraderie and that visiting Taiwan was a matter of course. He also invited Taiwan's lawmakers to visit France when the pandemic is over.
que nous ayons des euh, déplacements, des visites. Visits between members of our parliaments are a matter of course. Our decision to come to Taiwan conforms to France's foreign policies. Despite strong pressure from China, they came to visit Taiwan and even referred to Taiwan as a nation. Senator Olivier Cadic said China has prohibited them from visiting China, Hong Kong or Macau, but hasn't prohibited them from visiting Taiwan, which proves that Taiwan is not a part of China. I especially showed my respects to Cadic. I gave him a thumbs up, like this. Visiting just ahead of Taiwan's National Day on Sunday, Australian and French politicians have demonstrated the rock-solid support for Taiwan and its democracy. Taiwan reported zero local infections of COVID on Friday. That makes nine days in a row without any local cases. But officials did report 12 new imported cases and one death. Health officials also announced the genetic sequencing results of a pilot who was identified as an imported case on Wednesday. Let's hear from the CECC. The pilot, case 16,377, was confirmed to have been infected by the Delta strain through genetic sequencing. We've previously had one small and three big incidents involving Delta in Taiwan. That's the Pingdong cluster, the cluster involving air crew in Taoyuan, the preschool cluster in New Taipei, and the case of a cabin cleaner working at Taoyuan International Airport. The genetic sequences of the Delta strains behind these four incidents were compared with that of the pilot now. They are different, meaning that we can rule out any connections between this case and those four clusters. So far, all of the pilot's contacts have tested negative, and the disease has not spread. The CECC also released the genetic sequencing results of 11 recently imported cases in Taiwan. All 11 were infected by the Delta strain, and all of them had received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine. Nine of them had been fully vaccinated at least 14 days before. The paper format of the quintuple stimulus vouchers came out at convenience stores, supermarkets and drugstores on Friday morning. Members of the public flocked to pick up their pre-ordered vouchers worth 5,000 NT. Though lines were long at some locations, users reported that the distribution process was smooth and quick. It's 9 in the morning and already a long line has formed at this convenience store kiosk. They're all waiting to get a set of paper quintuple stimulus vouchers. To keep people moving, the shop has enlisted a member of staff to assist with the collection process. Today, the crowds were bigger than what we had expected. We put a member of staff at the kiosk to help people collect the quintuple stimulus vouchers. At this other convenience store, a woman stopped by before work to collect seven voucher envelopes for her family. Another woman says she went to the shop one hour before launch to be the first in line. I came here at 8 in the morning, more or less. I was afraid there'd be a lot of people and that I'd have to wait a long time. More than 11.93 million people in Taiwan have placed orders for paper quintuple stimulus vouchers, which can be collected from October 8th to the 21st at convenience stores, supermarkets and drugstores. At convenience stores, all you need to do is insert your NHI card and enter your booking number at the electronic kiosk, pick up the receipt, and exchange it for vouchers at the counter. At supermarkets, you'll need to bring proof of your identity and your booking number to collect the vouchers straight at the till. 
The collection process was very smooth and convenient. It was no trouble. It's very fast. My child helped me order them online in no time at all. Businesses of all kinds have launched special offers to cash in on the voucher plan. I'll use them to buy daily necessities. I live nearby, so I can buy my groceries and daily household products here. I think I'll use some of them at the supermarket on some things I purchase regularly. In some remote areas of Taiwan, the vouchers can also be picked up at police stations. It's a little remote here. There is no post office or convenience stores. So to make it easier for locals to collect the vouchers, we at Xilin Police Station, as well as the Wanlong branch and the Hongye Station, were helping out with orders and delivery. Going out is even more troublesome. You have to drive all the way down. It is really a pain. So collecting the vouchers here is very convenient. Voucher collection won't start until October 12th at post offices, which will open for the full day on each of two Saturdays, October 16th and 23rd. To further cooperation between the EU and Taiwan, the European Economic and Trade Office is co-organizing an investment forum to be held October 14th. For most of the news reporter, Stephanie Yang spoke with the head of the EETO to hear about the latest opportunities in Europe for Taiwan investors. The EU is Taiwan's largest foreign investor. Reza Gorzewski, the head of the EETO, says there are tremendous opportunities for Taiwan firms that want to invest in the EU. Now is the time for, for the Taiwanese companies to actively uh, benefit from the opportunities that the European market can offer to them. So what are these uh, opportunities for, for the Taiwanese companies uh, that await uh, in Europe? Well, in the upcoming uh, decade, the European Union will invest 750 billion euro, uh, which is around 25 trillion NTD, to mitigate the negative impacts of climate change and to modernize uh, the digital infrastructure. In September, the EU adopted a new strategy for the Indo-Pacific titled the Joint Communication on the EU Strategy for Cooperation in the Indo-Pacific. The strategy acknowledges Taiwan as a partner in the semiconductor industry. Grzeg Gorzewski said that Taiwan plays a key role in global supply chain. And one of the, the top priorities for the European Commission now is uh, European CHIPS Act. Uh, CHIPS Semiconductors, the European CHIPS Act. Um, and um, basically the European Union wants to now build up its own capacity uh, in the semiconductor sector and for that, of course, we need partners. To further ties and investment between Taiwan and the EU, the EETO, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Ministry of Economic Affairs will hold the 2021 EU Investment Forum virtually on October 14th. The forum will hear speeches by the Director General of the European Commission's Directorate General of Trade as well as several companies. Those interested can register on the European Economic and Trade Office official website. For most news, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei.
The Ministry of Labor's Salary Review Committee has approved a 5.21% increase to the minimum wage starting next year. If approved by the Executive Yuan, the minimum monthly salary will increase from 24,000 NT to 25,250 NT, and the minimum hourly wage will rise from 160 NT to 168 NT. If the Executive Yuan gives it the green light, it will be the sixth year in a row that the Thai administration raises the minimum wage. Labor rights activists who were originally advocating for an 8 to 10 percent increase say the proposal is acceptable. Meanwhile, industry groups who had called for no adjustments or for a hike of just 3 percent are calling on the government to allocate subsidies for employers. Minister of Labor Xu Mingchun says the government will respond to the demands by the end of October. National Zhengzhou University professor An Wu has become the first Taiwanese to be honored with the Outstanding International Accounting Educator Award. The accolade is dubbed the Nobel Prize of Accounting and is presented by the American Accounting Association. Wu, who has more than 30 years in accounting, was recognized for working on an integrated system that can help businesses transform quickly to boost profits. National Zhengzhou University professor An Wu was this year's recipient of the Outstanding International Accounting Educator Award. The award is considered the Nobel Prize of the accounting world, and only one winner is selected every year. Had I not had such enormous support from Taiwan, I wouldn't have been seen by the world. Wu is Taiwan's first and Asia's second accounting scholar to be recognized with the honor. The scholar's work centers on an integrated system called Activity Valuable Management, which takes traditional financial report management to the next level. The system can help firms rapidly calculate and convert costs, profits and business value across departments, clients and products. It allows firms to be internationally competitive. How can they become competitive? Our AVM can produce information on cause and effect so that you make the right decision. This financial management system can help companies earn more money. The impact of technology has truly brought about huge transformation in the financial sector. It's bringing up questions such as, how can we be more efficient? How can I optimize my processes further? Can I provide more value to my clients? Thanks to cooperation projects between academia, government and industry, Wu has been able to implement the AVM system in the manufacturing, medical and banking sectors. She says the system can be used to boost profits in all businesses, no matter their size. The Education Ministry has asked universities to plan ahead for grad school admissions in January as COVID keeps the world on its toes. The prestigious Graduate Institute of Electronics Engineering at National Taiwan University was one of the first to announce major changes to its admission process. It will cancel written exams in favor of written portfolios. Other graduate schools are scrapping interviews in a shift toward written submissions. Life has changed for all of us since COVID-19 first appeared. Now, even graduate school exams are announcing a shake-up, and NTU is first out of the starting gate. 
Taiwan's top educational institution, National Taiwan University, plans to replace written exams with a system based on assessed written work for applicants to the Graduate Institute of Electronics Engineering next year. On the institute's website, it states that due to the instability caused by the pandemic, next year, for the first time, there will be no written exams for normal applicants. Enrollment will be based on a review of written materials and an interview, with admission fully based on submitted written work. And other universities are adjusting admissions criteria too. They are taking into account during the interview period, it may not be possible to fully reach the standard for public health set by by the CECC, so they may consider not using interviews and just doing it through written applications. As National Taiwan University of Science and Technology selects applicants this year, live interviews have also been cancelled for the first time at departments like information management, design and architecture. On their websites, they announce a switch to admissions based purely on written work. With exams, there might be more room for error, as in maybe the universities have more license or wiggle room. If you want to get into that university, you just have to do whatever they want. You don't have any choice. You're the one trying to get a place. They don't need you. Some students say that the changes to admissions will give an advantage to undergraduates within a given university. Others say they were preparing for grad school admissions during their undergrad degree anyway, so the new system won't have much impact. Either way, COVID is leaving its mark on education. Kaohsiung will put on a fireworks show in the Ponglai Port area on the evening of National Day on Sunday. Mayor Chen Chimai says the city will implement traffic control to encourage revelers to either walk or take public transportation to the show. In compliance with COVID regulations, masks will be mandatory and eating and drinking will be forbidden during the show. Mayor Chen Chimai and other city officials speak to the press about crowd control measures for the city's National Day fireworks show. You can see the fireworks at scenic spots throughout the city. Some are just a three-minute walk away, some a seven-minute walk away, and some others a ten-minute walk away. They're all within walking distance. That's something very unique about the fireworks show this time. Kaohsiung will hold a fireworks show at the city's Penglai Port area as part of National Day celebrations on Sunday. The city has announced 15 locations from which to take in the show, all of which are within a 20-minute walk of downtown MRT and light rail stops. The city is hoping to encourage people to not drive to see the show. If you absolutely must drive, then I must caution you that there will be not be a single parking spot in the event area. So if you're driving, you won't be able to get into the area. In the end, you'll just end up getting onto the MRT to get into the downtown area anyway. Traffic restrictions will be in place at Yencheng District and also in the Guogong Tunnel, which connects Qijing District to the rest of the city. Starting 3 p.m. on Sunday, only Qijing residents will be allowed in on vehicles. Revelers will have to take a ferry or a shuttle bus. From about 3 p.m. that day, there will be traffic restrictions in Qijing District. To get into the district, you'll have to board a shuttle bus. However you get in, that's how you'll leave. We're counting on the public's cooperation with this. We'll have crowd control measures and we'll enforce real name registration to conform to pandemic regulation. Masks will have to stay on and food and beverages will not be allowed during the fireworks show. Kaohsiung is enforcing strict rules as it plans its first major event since the pandemic began winding down.
Bird sellers are on the alert following news of an outbreak of parrot fever in China's Zhejiang province. The rare bacterial disease can spread between humans and animals and is primarily spread by birds. So far, there are no cases in Taiwan, and parrot sellers are taking great care to make sure that their birds stay healthy. A parrot chatters at the camera. The lovable birds are a top choice of pet for many. But in Zhejiang province in China, an outbreak of parrot fever has recently infected several local people. The infectious disease is caused by a bacteria which can spread between humans and animals. Its main symptoms resemble those of a common cold, leaving patients feeling cold, fatigued and coughing. The parrot feces will carry the bacteria. Very small particles will float into the air. The birds owner will breathe them in and that can infect their respiratory system. Usually, it's like a cold. For a minority of people, it will turn into pneumonia, which is more serious. Once pneumonia develops, it could lead to severe symptoms or death. At an order, a parrot jumps up on its owner's hand. Mr. Wang has been selling parrots for over 40 years. The COVID-19 pandemic has already hit his business hard. Now, he fears the news of parrot fever in China could cause hesitation among bird lovers. Yeah, if it comes, we're done for. It will definitely spread from bird to bird. So as soon as we see one is sick, we have to isolate it. Most of these parrots have been bred artificially. As soon as one shows symptoms, it is isolated and tested. Mr. Wang says it is obvious when a bird has a health problem, and all his birds are tested for viruses before being sold. You should only buy if you can see it's a good breeding center. If they're imported, you must demand to see the documents and so on. There's a certificate to insist on regarding the parrot fever. When we import birds, we always write that if the overseas seller doesn't have the virus test certificates, we don't let them import the bird. Most victims of parrot fever are birds, but the disease can also spread to humans. Parrot lovers should take care not to expose themselves to unnecessary risk if they're thinking of buying a bird from overseas.